The Counter, an NFL podcast from USA Today Sports. Charles, I'm excited for this week because uh, we don't even have to pretend that we're trying to figure out this league. It's it's Thanksgiving, you know, people are just going to eat turkey, shop, spend money they don't have on consumer goods to start the Christmas season. You know, like we don't, I don't know, it's just, it's a, it's a laid back week, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm mailing it in for sure. Uh you know, if uh, anyone from uh, Gannett or Boston listen to this, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> in. But, uh, you know, that's okay because it's Thanksgiving week. Uh, I'm, I'm just happy that I'm home in Charlotte. I'm going to stuff my face with uh, some real good home-cooked food, watch some football, uh, which unfortunately includes Detroit Lions, which I think is a tradition that we need to end. Yeah, let's let's kill that tradition. We'll, we'll get to that. We're going to... We're gonna do a little bit of a different show, probably a shorter show. I don't know who who out which people out there are like listening to podcasts. I don't. I mean, I, I hope oh, they're loyal enough for listeners, but I'm, I'm not listening to uh, any podcast this week. Yeah, uh, I'm literally just playing Call of Duty and drinking my friends. There you go. There you go. What's uh? So we're gonna yeah, we'll do a different show. We'll we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about Charles's Forverts column this week, which has a, a a little bit of a different conceit. We'll look at the playoff picture and we'll talk uh, about a couple of the good games. We, For you degenerates out there, we don't have our, our picks uh, post completely done yet. It'll be on For the Win. You can find it there. Uh, if you're actually good at gambling, you probably shouldn't be taking our advice. Like, I don't you know, look, look, look at some other places too. But if you need it, it'll be there. I promise you eventually, but just not yet. Uh, before we move on to football, I need to know what's the best dish at your house. What's, what's like the top Thanksgiving? Ooh, uh, I my personal favorite is my mom makes like this. Uh, it's called like forty cloves of garlic chicken. Uh, it's like I made it for the first time last year and it came out good, but it takes like hours to make. Are there literally uh, forty cloves of garlic? Yeah. Uh, and you just you like make I don't know you got like make some sauce with it too. Uh, it's really, really intensive, but it, it's good as hell. Uh, and then sometimes my uncle makes like seafood mac and cheese. Oh, shit. Uh, and we have uh, a lamb roast that my mom makes, which is really good, too. It sounds like you have a really good dinner, man. That's yeah, nice. we are. We're definitely throwing down every year for sure. That's that's not messing around. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the four verts this week. Uh, this is a fun, a fun way to do this. Uh, headline over at for the com is four verts. Marcus Golden and unsung heroes were thankful for in the 2021 NFL season. Uh, these are guys that, you know, you may remember like when we talked about them heading into the draft or, or whatever, but then they've uh, flown under the radar, which is easy to do in the NFL because <laughs> we only really pay attention to like 5% of the league really in any uh, substantial way. Uh, so Charles has done the work here, uh, you know, after watching a lot of film and, and going through these games and following smart people that, that a lot of the type of people we've had on the show who are noticing these players who are making uh, a lot of difference for teams. Um, and, uh, you know, I want to go through each of these. You started with Marcus Golden, who is an edge rusher for the Arizona Cardinals. Tell me what I need to know about this guy. I mean, well, I I met Marcus when I was covering the Giants for the Daily News. And first, he's, just a, he's a great dude. And second, like, I've always just been confused at how he just seems kind of getting underpaid, just like based on 
the production he's put out on a year to year basis. Like we're talking about someone who uh, is about to come up on his third 10 sack season or actually just crossed that barrier uh, this past week. Uh, he's got, you know, like 40, you know, 43 sacks this career uh, has always been a guy that you want to be like a, a valuable part of your rotation on defense, whether it's been, you know, with the Giants or either of his stints with the Cardinals. He's just always been uh, like a really solid, like if Marcus Gold is like one of those guys, if he's like your number two pass rusher, you're uh, in a really good spot, but you can still get away with him uh, as your number one. And for some reason, like he just keeps getting like these little dingy contracts. Like uh, he's got a two year, $5 million deal with uh, the Cardinals right now. And you like, if you told me that I could have that, you know, 10 sacks and a bunch of TFLs and quarterback hits and uh, four forced fumbles for, you know, that price. I think that every team in the league will, will jump on that. So uh, Marcus is, you know, even coming out of uh, Missouri, he was like seen as uh, the second guy to Shane Ray, and he's had a much better career than Shane did. Uh, cause right. I'm pretty sure Shane's already out of the league. So, uh, you know, this is uh, – I, I just find it interesting that, you know, when it comes time for – these guys to get their contracts in the offseason and stuff that someone with his profile hasn't made a little bit more money. Right. Yeah. He emerged from that group at Missouri too, that uh, it was Coney Ely and Michael Sam the year yeah. before he was uh, a backup to the, I think he was a Juco guy um, and from one of the Kansas Juco's and he, you know, yeah, he was like lost in that group and you're right. has just been really solid ever since being in the NFL um, mm-hmm. and obviously more impact than those guys. So, um, you know, and now is playing on one of the better teams in the league. So, uh, yeah, it should be, should be a guy to watch. Uh, Razul Douglas, a cornerback of the Green Bay Packers. This will, uh, I know some people who will disagree with this. But, uh, <laughs> okay, look, and Eagles I would, fans, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. look, and I would, see? I would agree with those Eagles fans too, because uh, I've 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 never been afraid of Rizzo Douglas before this season, right? Uh, but he's just someone who I like. I I just thought his story was kind of impressive because I don't know, like I guess I'm not this mentally strong. Like I would have quit if I got cut this many times. Like maybe this just ain't cut out for me. I'll I'll go do something else because uh, he's with the Eagles uh, from 2017 to 2019. Uh, and since then, has played for the Panthers, Raiders, Texans, Cardinals, and now the Packers over just the last. Uh, That's crazy. Years. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, think about learning all those defenses. Like, yeah, I'll be like, oh my god, I can't do this. Uh, so, do, so Douglas, he was signed off the uh, Cardinals Packers or the Cardinals practice squad by the Packers uh, at the start of October, uh, and since then, like he's been a pretty big function of their defense, playing uh, a whole bunch of snaps. I'm sure you guys remember the. Uh, game when he interception he had against the Cardinals on Thursday night a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and, you know, he just kind of – he seems to have found his home. And he, he's always been a guy that, like, has skills that you want. It's just, like, the not the total package. You know, you're talking about a big physical guy who can make plays at the catch point, but uh, it's not the fastest guy in the world and, you know, can, can get burned. And that's definitely uh, hurt him in the past, like, during his time with the Eagles. But – uh, he's really fit in with this defense. He's given them another big body, a cornerback, and I think they're using him in ways like just keep him on the outside and on the boundary where his speed isn't as big of an issue. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the the point you bring up is that when he's properly protected, like when you're not asking him to do things he can't do, uh, he's he's pretty good. He's a really versatile player. You know, he's like he's definitely the sort of player that you could see 
Bill Belichick understanding how to use, you know, and, and putting him in a spot where it's not really going to hurt that and, much. Yeah, that, that's kind of been the story of the, the Packers defense this year. I mean, Devondre Campbell is a guy who, you know, I'm pretty familiar with from his time uh, with the Falcons and he had st- another stand in Arizona, but uh, he kind of got asked to do things he's really good at this year. And now he's playing like an all pro. So uh, I guess that's just kind of kudos to the Packers coaches after what they've been able to do this year. Yeah. Uh, your next guy is Michael Pittman, who uh, was part of that wide receiver class that there were a bunch of dudes. And uh, I I remember Steven Ruiz being really high on him and maybe not as many other people. You point out that maybe he's too high profile to be on this list. But I think your point is that he's super important to this team because to me, he's the kind of guy that makes Carson Wentz work. You know, we can we can at some point talk about the. Carson Wentz's quote unquote resurgence this year with the Colts, which, you know, like it's probably just more Carson Wentz being Carson Wentz. But like Wentz was pretty good with the Eagles when they got Alshon Jeffrey, and Alshon Jeffrey was not even the best version of himself by that point. But like just a guy who he could throw the ball near, and like there was a pretty good chance that Jeffrey was going to go get it. And Pittman has been that guy for the Colts, uh, and especially in clutch situations. And like Wentz just needs that out. Like he has to have that, that sort of outlet and multiple of them. If possible, that Eagles team had Ertz too. Obviously, like he just needs someone because otherwise he tries to make something happen, and that's a bad deal. Uh, so right, he's really filled that role. Wentz, Wentz is going to throw those balls no matter who's out there. So you <laughs> might as well get someone who can uh, go up there and get it because uh, that's just that's going to be a, a function of the Carson Wentz offense. You know, it's some some like no 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 yes plays uh <laughs> that's a, the Carson West special so yeah I, yeah I think Michael Pittman was just been so impressive or I guess impressive to me like as I was watching him and uh finding clips was he's such a good athlete and I, I guess I you know I didn't I don't really enjoy watching receivers in the draft because uh I just find quarterback played at most level of college to just be abominable and I'd rather just wait and see what you can do in the NFL so I hadn't really watched him when he was coming out of USC but uh, I mean, as far as young receivers go, like he's really impressive. Like, I don't really think that there's an area of the field that he's bad at. And I think when you have someone who like who can go up and, you know, double, triple coverage, make a catch and then still have the bounce and then like speed and explosion to make a play after the catch and evade a couple of defenders. Like you're talking about someone who I think uh, can end up being a really special talent. I think, you know, getting someone like that in the second round, top of the second round, that's a damn good draft pick and he's far exceeded expectations so far to me yeah uh your fourth pick is another one of these guys who's just like a pros pro right like just a a football player who uh like he's probably solidly i talk a lot on the show about uh there's you know the the 10 percent of the league that just sort of has like they have jobs and they're going to keep their jobs and they're stars and they're going to make a bunch of money and we're going to talk about them whenever they move. You know, like that's some of the league. And then there's like the whole, there's a huge chunk of the league that it's just unstable, right? Like guys who do not have guaranteed jobs. Uh, and Jawan Bentley has probably ascended from that group into like, he's going to get jobs. Uh, basically he was a 20, what was he a fifth round pick in 2018? Uh, he played up Purdue, but he's like, he's just turned into a guy who, who and I'm I'm using the Bill Belichick cliche because he plays for the Patriots, but he just does his job right. Like he's uh, you you can count on him, and you see him as a tone setter for this Patriots defense, which 
you've been talking about this for a while. You know, they they are good. Everyone's talking about they're good, right? Like they they are mm-hmm. stopping teams, but you're saying that they're mean. You know, that they're yeah. fierce and yeah. uh, that they are winning because that you know some of it is because of that, and that he is one of the guys setting that tone. Yeah, you need like if, if you watch Georgia's defense, like the really good Alabama defenses of the past, like you just kind of find like these teams that are really physical, they have these linebackers that just don't care about their bodies and are willing to just run through brick walls that include, you know, multiple 300 pound people and a fullback and they don't really care. They're just going to go full speed and just blow up an entire offense. And uh, that's kind of what Jawan Bentley for the Patriots does. Uh, like Bentley's one of these guys where if he's your best linebacker, like, which he was last year. Like, that's right. the story, right? It's like, right. They, he was last were year. bad last year because Joan Bentley had to do too much. Yeah, he had to do a lot, and the coverage kind of fell apart, and right. he, he's not he's not quite that guy. Like, they were just kind of like a mid-tier defense instead of the, you know, the bruising beast that we see right now. Right. But if you can get into a role, like, where you have a Dante Hightower and Devin McCourty behind him, a bunch of guys who, like, a bunch of physical defensive linemen up front, like, he can absolutely be, uh, kind of a star, like in his little limited role, and like right now, his role is just like beating the hell out of people, uh, <laughs> and it's it's awesome. Like like you go watch any Patriots game, and there's like four or five plays where he is just either taking on like a 320 pound guard at the line of scrimmage and just knocking him on his butt, or hitting a fullback in the hole, and making a tackle at the same time, blowing out two linemen and letting someone else make a play. Like the guy just absolutely loves running full speed into people. And I think that it's just uh, a lot of fun to watch. And like, as you start to watch more and more of the Patriots defense, you, it, you, you watch and you were like, okay, well, he's not the best player on this defense, but he's like absolutely essential for how it works and especially uh, their run defense. So, you know, Ben Lee is one of my favorite players to watch in the league. Uh, my bu- buddy, Derek class. And like, we just like laugh at the Patriots linebackers all the time because She's like, how do you get your mindset to the point where you just don't care that you're going to run full speed <laughs> into someone who is also as dedicated to working out as you uh, <laughs> and is also like as big or bigger and stronger and faster than you? I, just to, to get your mind to that point is kind of funny. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, that's that's why people watch football. You know, there's those yep. guys. And they do that. Uh, let's. Let's talk about your – you do a, a thing each week, uh, basically just updating the NFL playoff picture. Nothing complicated, uh, just sort of a an assessment of where we stand. And it is it is really weird year. Uh, you know, it's – I don't know what the causes are of that, why this year seems to have a little bit more parity than other years. Uh, it, it may very well end up that we – we get to the end and the same – the teams that we thought would emerge will emerge. You know, I think that's still a possibility. But right now it's pretty muddled. Uh, so I just want to go through what we got here um, and uh, just do a little bit of analysis of where things stand. The AFC, the Tennessee Titans went to the bye week. Uh, the two-versus-seven game would be the Ravens versus the Bills. The Bills drop all the way down uh, to the seventh seed after getting – totally dominated by the Colts. New England would be the three seed against the six seed chargers and the chiefs would play the Bengals in the four or five game. That's fascinating, man. That's like, uh, yeah, I, I think the interesting part is the bills. Like they they have really fallen. They fell from, uh, the two seed to the seven seed, uh, when I did this last week. So, right. uh, 
you know, they, they, they are now not first place in their division. Obviously uh, the uh, Patriots have overtaken them. So they kind of need to get back on track because at first they were uh, looking at a, uh, a potential buy. And now they are you know, going on the road uh, against uh, the Ravens in this scenario, which I think would be uh, a pretty fun game to watch. And then, you know, Patriots chargers, that's a game I'll watch. And really just the AFC playoffs in general is yeah. uh, pretty that, interesting. That Pats-Chargers game, um, you wrote a great post this week, too, on Justin Herbert and just how he is continuing to emerge as really one of the most special quarterbacks in the league and just that his arm allows so many different things uh, to happen on the field and for that offense to work in ways that, you know, other than the Chiefs, really, there are a few other teams that can, can do this, and he's really – a must watch guy if you enjoy a quarterback play, but it, it reminds me a little bit of when Peyton Manning would have to go up to new England back in, uh, you know, the early two thousands. Uh, and I, I think, I, I don't remember what the, but it was the first three or four times he went there. He could not win. Um, it's just a tough place to play with the way that that defense is playing. It's going to be cold. You know, <laughs> Justin Herbert's used to playing in San Diego. Like, obviously it's, not I, I, I'm not San Diego. Oh, L.A., L.A. I, I'm never going to – I'm just never going to – never going to get no, that it, doesn't, it doesn't uh, matter. But, you know, same place, same weather, really. Uh, so, I, you know, these could be – none of these are going to hold, right? Like everything's No, gonna change, it's all going to change. But it's just from the track, like, each week. Like, what right. is – just a, a quick snapshot uh, of the playoff picture. Uh, NFC, Arizona Cardinals with the bye week. Green Bay and New Orleans would be the 2-7. Tampa and Minnesota would be the 3-6. 4-5 would be Dallas and the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, the Vikings, man, like this team is just like hanging around, just like just here. It's just. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, this This week was actually a little funny. I didn't include it in my post because I'm just trying to keep it pretty straightforward, but. Uh, you know that uh, that little that little COVID thing that Aaron Rodgers had yeah. <laughs> starting to matter because uh, the Cardinals like they had they had the tiebreaker over the Cardinals because they beat them and then you know Aaron Rodgers has to miss that game because he's not vaccinated and uh, they lose and now the Cardinals have tiebreaker over them because they have one more win than the Packers so uh, the Packers have dropped from the you know the second from the first spot to the second spot the Cardinals now have the number one seed so. You know, when, when people ask you in the offseason, like, well, why do you care about that player's vaccination status? Well, because when the margins are this thin, uh, that's exactly what can happen. Yeah. You, you go from the, the you go from having a buy to not having a buy. <laughs> right. And now Aaron Rodgers has COVID toe. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't even I mean, it's I guess maybe he did us a favor because now we know about another one of the uh, side effects of this uh, deadly, dramatic disease that. Uh, people want to downplay, but yeah, apparently his toe is going to be bothering him for the rest of the season too. So uh, I don't know if you've ever watched Aaron Rodgers play, but the guy relies on footwork a lot. Like he's, he's gotta, he's gotta move his feet around and get into positions to throw. That's what makes him effective. So um, yeah, it's uh, just another thing there. Um, the, the Super Bowl, you, you do a prediction here. You're going chiefs Cardinals. So you, are all the way back in on the Chiefs. Which I'm back in on the Chiefs. Sense. I've always had like tentatively one foot in the water right. with the Chiefs. I they, I just need the caveat of 
Will the defense stop playing like the worst team in the league? And I and think they did. That, I mean, they, they, they it's been definitely like have. a month now that the defense has been okay-ish. Yeah, it's been, it's been better. And I think, you know, that game against the Cowboys, if you're a Chiefs fan, that's exactly what you want to see. Like, they just kind of stepped up and punched one of the best offenses in the league, if not the best offense in the league, uh, right in the mouth. And then uh, on the back end, you had Mahomes do what he does and make enough big plays at the end of the game to, to pull that across the finish line for you. So, you know, the Chiefs, it hasn't always looked pretty, but – they're sneakily on a four-game winning streak, five and one in their last six. So, yeah. uh, it, it, they're kind of uh, starting to pick up and, and look a little bit like the team that uh, we expect coming into the season. Now, like obviously, I think the big thing for me with the Chiefs is uh, you just want to see more consistency out of like the offense now because the defense for really almost a month now the defense has, has been playing uh, a lot better. And if you like, even exclude that. The, the mishap against Tennessee, like for almost a month and a half, like they've been putting together uh, better football. So you just got to get see the offense get back to looking like the group that we know they can be. And then uh, I think that that's going to happen because it's just, you know, it's just it's just too much talent to hold down for an entire season. So they'll figure it out. And I think they'll have a chance to get back to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And Andy Reid's been tinkering with his offense for decades now. You know, like if the guy knows how to progress and not keep it, not let it get stale like he's he's gonna figure that out and i mean it sure appears that they have started figuring it out now so uh let's talk about your take that there is no reason for this lions tradition to continue like we don't we don't need the lions to play every thanksgiving and if you're gonna give us the lions don't do it at 12 30 it's the 12 30 game bears lions is a 12 30 game Three and seven versus zero and nine. Uh, there are tons of rumors that Matt Nagy is going to be fired after this Thanksgiving game. I guess the Patch uh, site in Chicago, one of them, uh, reported that. Like this is just a like this. This takes all the wind out of the day of football. Like this is just like it's the one day a year where we get to stay at home. We're cooking, family's coming over, and now that's what's going to be on. It's bad. Yeah. Uh, wait, actually, you, you cut out for a second just for at the end. Uh, yeah, it's just bad, man. Bears and Lions, bad. We don't need this tradition anymore. Who cares? Like, <laughs> when was the last time the Detroit Lions were worth watching? Like, seriously, I, I don't understand why. What are we getting out of this, out of this tradition? Because I don't want to watch the Lions. So Lions fans don't want us watching their team on national television. It just seems like some old timey crap the NFL is still doing just to do it. And I, I know, like I've I've written this year about how the Lions are like kind of fun to watch sometimes because right. they try hard and like they can get close to teams, which has been the case for like especially over the past month outside of the Eagles game. Like they've been they've been right there uh, with some of these games. Uh, like they almost beat the Rams. Uh, they tied the Steelers and they almost beat the Browns last week. So. Yeah, they're like watchable, but I don't want watchable on like my favorite days of the year. I want good. Uh, and Andy Dalton versus the, the Lions is not good to me. Uh, and I, I think that we can at least eliminate half of this equation moving forward by banning the Lions off of Thanksgiving TV. I endorse that. That sounds like a great idea. Raiders Cowboys is a 430 game. Uh, that sounded a lot more fun a month ago. Yeah, that's because <laughs> honestly, I think Dallas is just going to smash them. So, right. Uh, and I, I mean, it's just with, with the Raiders. I don't really know what to say anymore. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be doing too great if I had gone through the same things this season, too. So, yeah, it, it is just, what it is. 
Totally makes sense. Yeah, Dallas is a seven and a half point favorite there. Bills Saints is the primetime game. Uh, like we said, Bills coming off that pretty drastic defeat to the Colts. Uh, the Saints <laughs> don't have a quarterback. Um, like, I don't really know what's going on there. So this game is, I guess it's interesting just as a litmus test for the Bills. Yeah, uh, I, 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 it's just going to be interesting to see, like, if the Bills, which Bills team shows up because, I mean, I, I still feel like the, the just talent-wise, this team can be one of the best in the league, but they just have not played the most organized football uh, this year. And, and last week was, like, one of the few times the defense had really let them down, too, uh, against the Colts. But I don't know. Like, Trevor Simeon against right. his Bills defense, eh. That's, that, right. that, I mean, Buffalo's still – Buffalo is still a six-point favorite on the road. So. Yeah, that, that's potentially nap-worthy. So we'll see what happens there. <laughs> uh, Sunday schedule. We're gonna, we're just going to take it easy on this. We're not going to – let's not go through every game. Eagles, no. Giants, Steelers, Bengals. Like, I don't know. We don't need to talk about those. Bucks, Colts has some intrigue to it just because the Colts have been playing better. Everyone is all excited about Jonathan Taylor right now. Uh, Bucks have, uh, you know – some guys who can stop the run. Uh, so this should be an interesting game to watch at least. Uh, yeah, I, I I think the Bucks are, you know, back. Because I, I, wrote, I wrote last week that, hey, let's not overreact too much to the Bucks losing to Washington. Like sometimes these weird things happen, and then next week they just they literally just smashed the Giants a couple of days ago. Uh, and it ended up getting Jason Garrett fired. So, uh yeah, I I think the Bucks are are back uh, to be one of the better teams in the league. But I am interested to see if the Colts can like kind of make a game out of this because the Colts have gotten a lot better over the past like month or so. They're definitely not the same Colts team that uh, look like they might have to shut down Carson Wentz to protect the draft pick. So Jonathan Taylor, he's going to have a chance to keep him in this game. I think it's going to be tough, but this is actually a pretty interesting game. Tampa Bay against Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. Uh, Tampa Bay is a three point favorite. In that one, uh, Titans Patriots is another one o'clock game. Uh, you know, tons of hype around the Patriots defense building right now. Uh, the Titans, you know, this we've been saying without Derrick Henry, with you know, relying more on Ryan Tannehill. What's what's the offense going to look like? And we'll get a good answer with this game. Yeah, good luck. I don't know. I think this game is going to go very badly for Ryan Tannehill. Uh, like this defense is on fire right now and you know they they kind of he's got to have to do like by himself we don't know if aj brown's gonna play julio jones is still an injury reserve i'm pretty sure so good luck ryan uh yeah. going against his patriot defense undermanned uh is not fun as matt ryan found out last week yeah yeah and new england is a six and a half point favorite here i mean that's yeah i would i would uh, definitely take new england there yeah uh what else we got uh, Rams. Atlanta, Jacksonville. Come on, this is the biggest game of the week. Nope, nope. I'm not talking about. We are not ta- that. <laughs> there's no. I didn't realize that was a pick'em. Uh, that's amazing. <laughs> I love it. It's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, the only thing I'll say is this: Trevor Lawrence breakout party. Moving on. I mean, it was like I just to stop the discourse, just to stop the like Mac Jones, yeah, is dude, the I'll, best I'll, rookie quarterback. Like, yeah, if you I'll, put Trevor Lawrence in that offense, <laughs> I feel like he'd probably be okay. I will totally sacrifice the Falcons for a Trevor Lawrence breakout game. Yeah. I don't care at all. That's, that's kind of you. You're, you're good of you to to do that to the football gods. Uh, Rams Packers. That's the four twenty five. 
you know, two, three lost teams in the NFC, two teams that we think will probably be there potentially yeah, this is, in the this NFC is championship. Not even like sneakily, like this is a huge game for both teams. Yeah. Uh, because the, I mean, if the standings are going to stay as close as they are uh, towards the end of the season, like this is going to be a game that has major uh, playoff implications if both of these teams can win their, uh, can manage to win the division somehow. Like that would take uh, the Cardinals kind of falling apart for the Rams, but for the Packers, like they kind of need this win uh, just so they can stay as high in the seedings as they possibly can. Uh, and the Rams also need to stay uh, playoff relevant too, but you know the Rams are kind of in the, the crappy spot where even if you're you know you're sitting there at eight and three, normally that'd be enough to get you a home game. But the Cardinals happen to be uh, just a smidge better this year, so uh, they got the number one spot. But yeah, major playoff implications here, uh, and honestly, this is kind of one of those games that the Packers can't afford to lose after they you know burn that one against the Vikings and the, the Chiefs. Uh, Browns Ravens is the eight twenty game. Um, I <laughs> I have not checked on Lamar Jackson's health in the last twenty minutes, so I don't know where it stands. But uh, he, you know, he had a mystery illness. Hopefully, he will be able to play. You know, most fun guy to watch in the league. The uh, Browns fans are all fired up because they found a way to get past the. Uh, the Detroit Lions, and and part of that way was that one of the Lions, Jonah Jackson, one of the guards, did a your mama joke and got penalized for it. Apparently, yep. Uh, so that is uh, where these two teams stand. But it's an important uh, game in this in in the AFC North, so it should be should be exciting at least. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I hope so. I mean, I think maybe in order for it to be exciting, we're going to need to see a much better version of Baker, but also it's not like the Ravens defense is anything to write home about. So maybe this is what the doctor ordered for Baker and uh, the Browns offense. But, you know, anytime you can get these, you know, especially this this era with Lamar versus Baker, this game tend to be pretty fun. So uh, I'm I'm definitely very excited to watch. Uh, all right, that's all I want to talk about for this week. Chiefs are Chiefs and Cardinals are on on a bye this week, so it's uh, wow. you know yeah. those those are the decent games. I want to close it up with close up the, the short episode. This might be our might might be our shortest episode. We got we got to get to the you know we got to get to the Thanksgiving man. Uh, uh, will you do like the thir- the Wednesday night like bar trip with with all your friends tonight or? You know, I, we haven't decided if we're going to do something at a bar or if we're just going to get together at someone's house and drink. But I'm pretty sure we're going to we're going to link up uh, right, somewhere. But, you know, it, it just tends to get unorganized until the very last second. And then we'll that's, figure something out. Those are the best nights. Generally, that's that's how to roll. Yeah. Uh, Wait, I hold, call- hold on. But before we got to talk about Jason Garrett, just real quick. Yeah, well, I want to ask you too. Uh, let's talk, let's talk Garrett. Uh, this is probably not a surprise to you or any anyone who said, "Why is Joe Judge hiring this person to run an offense?" It was pretty clear that it was like a paternalistic decision of like, "Hey, Joe Judge, you've never been a head coach, you've never even been a coordinator, so we're going to give you this guy who." just went eight and eight and eight and eight and eight and eight with the Cowboys forever. Like we're just going to force him upon you, but it turned out as poorly as anyone would have thought. Uh, Yeah. I mean, the guy literally at his last stop had his play calling privileges revoked from him by the owner of the team. (laughs) uh, It it, like my thing when he got hired was, you know, it's been a decade since he's 
even call it an offense? What does this look like? And it turns out it looks like someone who doesn't, who shouldn't be calling plays in the NFL. Uh, and they had plenty of weapons. Like it's not, you know, like Saquon's obviously been injured and dealt with injury, but like Daniel Jones is okay. Like, and there's plenty of guys to throw to. It's not like he didn't have pieces that he could have used. Yeah. Uh, and that that's kind of like the writing was on the wall. Uh, Cause after the game, on Monday, Joe Judge, he said, you know, we have too many work, like good players to be scoring this few points. And Joe, that's <laughs> kind of been like the whole issue with these, like this whole tenor of Giants football. Like, we have seen all of these players that you have on your team, like be good before. Uh, Kenny Galladay, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram. Like we've all seen them play good football with our own eyes. So we don't, right. it's not really a question of their talent level. Uh, and the fact that you can't score like at all is extremely alarming. So, uh, I, and honestly, like, I don't even think that it's like a Daniel Jones thing. Cause I think he just like Monday night was definitely bad, but I generally think he's been fine this year. Uh, it's like 100% a Jason Garrett problem and hopefully they can get that fixed or else Joe Judge is going to be gone too. Yeah. Who is calling plays now? Do we know? Freddie Kitchens. Oh, that's right. The Freddie Kitchens reemergence. He's yeah, going to. And honestly, I, I mean, that's an upgrade to me. Like, I know that Freddie's not great, but he's definitely better than Jason Garrett. So, yeah, I mean, he was not a great head coach, but he's 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 been OK. Yeah, uh, he, he had a he had a good OC stint for the Browns. Right. Uh, right exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So in recent weeks, you've written this week, you wrote uh, how much uh, Herbert, Justin Herbert, has grown as a quarterback and how great his arm is. Last week, you wrote in praise of Lamar Jackson just being a surreal talent, just a guy that nobody can match. Uh, you're back on the Chiefs bandwagon, and that's in large part because of Mahomes. So give me your top five quarterbacks right now. Oh, wow. Put me on the spot. Uh, that's what I do at the end of the show. Make one, I, I make your brain really work before we can leave. Yeah, one, I I don't know. I'm still going Mahomes. Uh, I don't care. I know he's been a mess this year, but uh, I I just I, I think it would just be unfair to throw away the past three years and everything we've seen. Uh, yeah, agree. agree. So I'm gonna go Mahomes one. <sighs> the the dude in Tampa Bay two. <laughs> uh, look, he was amazing again on Monday. I don't know. He's just. He's good. Uh, three, I'm going to go, I'm going to give that one to uh, Joe Throw, or what was it? Throw Rogan. That's what people were calling him, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> so I got Mahomes, Brady, Rodgers, four. <laughs> this is, it starts to get a little tough here. Um, four, I'm going to go Dak Prescott. Wow, uh, there it is. Yeah, he's really good. And then yeah. five, uh, this might be a little surprising, folks. Maybe a little high, but I think I'm gonna go our, our friend down in Baltimore, Lamar Jackson. I like it. Yeah, like this list. That's that's good. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy uh, Thanksgiving and football. We'll be back some point next week, uh, Tuesday probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stick with for the win. We'll have all the news. You know, if you don't want to. If you want to actually like talk to your family or whatever, and you just want to catch up on football, go to For the Win. We'll have some posts there to tell you what happened. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Chris Corman. He's at Fourverts. And we will talk to you next time. Take care. The Counter, an NFL podcast from USA Today Sports. <laughs>